let's uh, let's dig into some really really good stuff. Uh, give me one second here, and this should work. Let me do one thing. One second. All right. Okay, this morning we're gonna get in some really good stuff. Um, embracing healthy thinking. And I know during this uh, COVID time of isolation and, and extra stress, um, and now new stress with trying to figure out what does the government mean when they say social bubbles and social distancing and all that stuff. And, and uh, there's almost, almost been some, some comical uh, interpretations of all that. I don't think it's that difficult to figure out. It just, uh, to me, it was clear, but it's really funny. Um, but it can cause new stress because now not only are there social distancing rules, but there's also social acceptance of it. Some people are frustrated that you have to wear a mask. Some are frustrated that nobody's wearing a mask, those kinds of things. And, and there's way too much information out there. So when you're speaking and sharing your opinion, let me recommend, and I'm trying to do this too, let me recommend um, to not be so combative or confrontive with your opinion um, because not everybody shares that. And if you say a statement like, this is a stupid thing, we know we shouldn't be doing any of this and blah, 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 uh, you immediately create a wall up and that's not helpful. And that doesn't help this, the topic of embracing healthy thinking. If we can think of others first and realize, hey, they, they may be in a different place, but I still respect them. So I wanna open the door for a healthier conversation. Look, I've not got this figured out. <laughs> I'm being real honest here, you know? Um, I have a lot more freedom to talk with my wife at home about how we feel and we banter back and forth and it's great, you know? And our opinions change within 10 minutes, who knows? But uh, just keep in mind, there, uh, how we say things matters and how we think about them and how we dwell on them. If you see a news story that suddenly you're, you're um, uh, oh yeah, that confirms one of my biases and you get all excited and you post, well, really, you're not the news person. I don't know. I, I, I'm trying to refrain from posting any kind of news stories whatsoever on this COVID thing. If I do, it'll be humor or good news stuff because that's what I want. I want to be on my page. I want my page to show a pattern of good news. That's when I screw up, I delete it. And I have the Holy Spirit, AKA my wife reminding me. <laughs> so anyway, it's, it's fun. All right, let's dig into this uh, embracing healthy thinking. Uh, part five. Um, today, we're going to talk about three things you can do to think healthier. All right. So this uh, um, uh, last week, we've talked about six patterns of thinking that hinder a healthy mind. And those are really good. So go back. If you didn't see last week's, uh, you'll want to uh, tune into that. But today, I want to talk about three powerful actions that will empower and enhance healthy thinking patterns. I have not mastered these, but they work. So when I've practiced what I preach, haha, um, these things work, every one of them. So um, this is not just an idea or a theory or I'm following a, a liturgy of what needs to be taught. I, I'm sharing with you raw and real, all right? So here we go. Now, here's the foundation. Um, the reason I call this the foundation for the doing is because some folks think, well, we're under grace. What do you mean there's things we can do? There's nothing we have to do anymore. We aren't to strive anymore, blah, 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 blah. Well, that's, that's a really childish way to approach grace and uh, the commands of the New Testament. 
Even Jesus' own words as he taught, are we to abolish all those? There's a lot of things he said we should do. And to say we're under grace and therefore we don't have to do anything anymore, honestly, is unhelpful. It means there, and I, I don't mean to be condemning to somebody who doesn't see it this way. I want to say to those who uh, believe that, and the reason I'm telling you this is because I was there, okay? The only reason I can address this is because I have been at the place of, no, 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 you don't have to do, you don't have to do. Do is the wrong, it's almost a swear word. Well, that's nice at the beginning of our grace journey because sometimes we have to unlearn all the, all the stuff we had to do for God. That I get, okay? But when, we, when the pendulum comes back to the middle of recognizing that Christ has things for us to do, we're going to do them. Uh, I heard Brad Drizak uh, talk about this with Keith Giles, just a, something about the, the, the doing. And one of them said, swimming in a lake doesn't make you a fish. But if you're a fish, you will swim. So doing things doesn't make you a believer. Uh, if you're following some of the commands and obeying some of the words of Christ, and not in a dictatorial way, but in Jesus is asking us to say, hey, do these things because this is your nature. Uh, you're going to do them. These are the natural overflowing things of the abiding life. So I thought that quote was really good. Um, when we live by the grace of Christ in us, we will do many things. So this is in a rebuttal to years ago, some of my sermons where I said, you don't have to do anything anymore. We all grow up and we're still growing. I've not arrived. There's much, much more to learn. We are going to do things. We must put effort into what we do and do it with excellence. We will trust the indwelling Christ to guide and equip us. That's the key. And we do this all by the faith of Christ. So uh, the idea of, uh, of resting in Christ and letting Jesus do it all. I'm just waiting for Jesus to, you know, have an employer call me for my job. No, 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 no. Get off your donkey and, and go and apply and do all those things you have to do. Um, he's already inspired you and I with what to do and the connections we have. Like uh, there's, this is a, a a walk of grace that will blow your mind. Um, I think we need to, yeah, I hope today's message will really encourage you. We're only going to talk about one key thing today. There's three um, actions we can do. But today, uh, the first one is called diligently guard your thoughts. This is the most important one, okay? Um, we must guard our thoughts. This is a to-do thing. You have the capacity to guard your thoughts. We need to wake up. This is something you actually have to do. But I'm in Christ. I don't have to do anything anymore. Yes, you do. There's stuff going on all around you. There's, there's expressions of love. Jesus had to rest because he was tired. He had to stop because he was hungry. Okay, he was human. And as humans, we're going to do, we're going to become the expressions of the divine life in us. Okay, but we work not to get rest, but we work from a place of resting in Christ. I think that's the trick. I think that's the a key to me of how to abide in Christ and do. So it's not me as in my ego or flesh doing it, but this is my union with Christ in conversation with Jesus. We're, there are things we're going to do. And the first big do that we must do if we want to have a healthier thinking uh, pattern or healthy um, patterns in our mind 
is to guard our thoughts. Let's see what the scripture has to say about it, because there's some really, really good stuff coming. And uh, just a shout out to Jennifer Shoulders. She started her song with Be Still. Well, we're ending with that verse today. Like, that's in the list. Like, you didn't know that, but very, very cool. So I'm very happy with that. Okay, Romans 12, 2. And I'm going to use a couple translations again today, because I think um, seeing this in, from different perspectives said differently is going to impact different folks watching and listening, or even those who are going to watch later. So please, please uh, hear these. So Romans 12, 2 in the New Living Translation says, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Well, if we're going to diligently guard our thoughts, our thoughts are going to have to be changed. We're going to have to change our mind. What's, what does that mean? Well, New American Standard Bible says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. If you're well-churched and have a long church history, that's the version you've heard. Well, the message translation, which is a much more contemporary one, says this, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Oh, yeah. What? Two more translations. Watch this. From the Passion Translation, it says, Be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. Wow, I love that. This is a, a command, in a sense, from Paul. Paul's telling us, be transformed. Do you, this is an intentional work. Um, and then in the Mirror Translation from Francois, uh, he writes, become acquainted with perfection to accommodate yourself to the delight and good pleasure of him who will transform your thoughts afresh from within. So really what the mere translation is saying, it's actually the sermon today. This is it. Become acquainted with perfection. Not only the perfection of who Christ is, but your perfection my perfection, that we have been made perfect. You know that line that everybody says, well, nobody's perfect. Well, I used to, in a cheeky way, when I was at the beginning of my grace journey of discovering my identity, I'd say, yes, we are perfect. We're absolutely perfect. But that wasn't the intent of that slogan. You know, nobody's perfect. Uh, but I had to take that thought captive and realize I am perfect in my identity. My expression of that perfection is not always perfect. <laughs> so that was really helpful for me. So there's a great verse, Romans 12 too. That's, that's one worth meditating on. And having these multiple translations is exciting. They didn't have this benefit hundreds of years ago. Not at all. Like they had very limited um, interpretations of, of these key texts. Let's go to the next one. 1 Peter 1.13. It says, so prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. Put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. Um, do you see the to-do here? Like it says, prepare. That's an action. Your minds for action and exercise self-control. Exercise is, a, is an action. Put into practice what you know. Put your hope in the gracious salvation. Like, this is beautiful. New American Standard Bible says, and this is more traditional, therefore prepare your minds for action. Keep sober in spirit. Fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Incredible. 
And then the, uh, the Passion Translation says it like this. So then, prepare your hearts and minds for action. Okay, this action thing is pretty cool. All right, this is not a passive thing where we just sit in our lazy boy and just hum and meditate and assume that alone um, is going to prepare our minds. And yet, sitting and meditating is exactly one of the things we can do to still our minds. And we'll get to that at the end today when we talk about that psalm that uh, Jennifer talked about. Stay alert and fix your hope firmly on the marvelous grace that is coming to you. For when Jesus Christ is unveiled, a greater measure of grace will be released to you. Wow. This is really, really good news. We need to focus on what... The, if we're going to diligently guard our thoughts, these two verses so far have been profound. Let's get to the next one. Um, Mere translation says it like this, fully engage your minds with the consequence of his grace in the revelation of Jesus Christ. He completes your every expectation. And again, the reason I like the mere translation, it's implying this message from a place of completeness. That Jesus has made us complete, has already given us everything we need for godly living. And if we come at um, this whole idea of diligently guarding our thoughts as if something's missing, there's a problem. There's a disconnect. You already have everything. You have all the patience you need. You have all the tools you need, but you may not be aware of them. And so this idea of engaging our minds um, is critical for us. Um, the word dionia uh, suggests a deep contemplation, thinking something thoroughly through in order to reach a sober conclusion. That's the whole idea of fully engaging our minds, to contemplate. Do we even take time to contemplate? Uh, I bet you we don't. <laughs> Sometimes we try to be busy so we don't have to think about all of our stress. And we stay busy um, gardening or um, whatever it is we do uh, just to not have to think about some of those things that we ought to be thinking about. Uh, that's for you to answer. Uh, again, takes one to know one. So <laughs> anyway, next one. This is a cool idea. The Christian life demands an accurate awareness of a spiritual battle Strong uh, against the strong enemy Satan, his wild schemes and tricks are difficult to resist. Now, this the idea of Satan here. I, I know that uh, um, I actually should have removed that slide because they didn't want to get into that one today. Um, the idea of the deceiver uh, and what the Satan is, uh, we're going to get to another time. But this has to do with our our uh, uh, our thinking patterns and how we easily get duped. So let's let's not. Uh, get caught up with this dualistic thinking that there's a, an evil angelic being coming at us individually because number one, the devil is not omnipresent. Okay. Um, there are different interpretations of what the devil is and who, what Satan is that are worth exploring. And some of us have never even explored that concept that there's another way to interpret that. Yes, there is. But also, don't let your pendulum swing way over and just react to what other news you might hear. But it's worth investigating. Um, but that's for another time. Ephesians 6.14 says this. 
New Living Translation. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. This is a, uh, an important thing to, to do. Now, usually when we talk about this, put on the belt of truth and breastplate of righteousness, and we go through the whole armor of God. Um, I have seen that, or I, I believe that the idea of putting on the armor of God uh, is not so much putting, uh, like practicing or pretending I'm putting the helmet on here. There, oh, I'm just struggling with my, my armor, you know, and all that stuff and blah, blah, blah. I think it is uh, uh, an affirmation of our identity speaking the truth about ourselves, who we are, uh, how God sees us should be exactly the same how we see ourselves. And until that happens, we're walking lame, okay? Uh, We're not experiencing the fullness of Christ in us. So the idea of truth, what is true about you? You know, if you're going to diligently guard your thoughts, and listen, half the thoughts that come at us, whatever, I don't know about half, but whatever. An onslaught, a barrage of thoughts that hits us often are ones that attack our, our, our um, identity, um, making us insecure, uh, attack our ego, um, self-esteem, um, is constantly attacked. Well, if you don't think you're worth anything or worthy, then and you start to believe that, guess what's going to happen? You're going to start to act it out. Your thinking is going to uh, take over and, and you're going to be thinking thoughts of self-depreciation and so on. Well, that's, that's what today is about. Guard those thoughts. How do we do that? I'll give you some steps in a, in a few minutes. Philippians 4, 8, 9 uh, goes like this. Summing it up all. Sorry, summing it all up, friends, I'd say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse, put into practice what you learned from me, what you heard and saw and realized. Do that and God who makes everything work together will work you into his most excellent harmonies. Wow. If you want a to-do, this is the big one. The author is telling us, hey, This is what you need to focus on. So if you're having a hard time, well, what does he mean? I don't know what it means to focus. He just told you, focus on good news, good things, beautiful things. Um, I think Terrell wrote a song, or not wrote, he sung a song on his guitar, uh, and I just love it. He makes beautiful things. That one, whatever, I love his version of singing that song. Um, it, it just speaks to the heart of our true identity, you know? So if you're having a hard time this week, if you're getting bombarded by CNN, Fox, and CBC, and blah, 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 all those news stations, turn it off. Walk away from your computer and go focus on something beautiful. 
Watch your mind because I believe if you do not, if you continually have the barrage of negativity coming, it begins to do a rewiring in you. It speaks to you at a cellular level, at the very core of every particle of you. And every particle of you needs a positive affirmation. So that's a scientific thing that I, won't, I, I can't get into because I'm not good at explaining that stuff. Other teachers are much better, but it's true. All right. You can choose what you think and dwell on. Okay. It doesn't mean that you can choose everything that pops in your head. Because if you're standing in, in your living room and uh, you're, uh, you're thinking about you know, the birds eating from the bird feeder outside, and suddenly a cat runs over to the feeder and tries to catch a bird, well, you think, that darn cat. Well, that thought just popped in your head because of what you saw. You know, um, Suddenly I'm on a rescue mission. <laughs> but the idea of what pops in your head, what, what if, what happens when you're uh, driving or just going for a walk and you suddenly, suddenly start thinking, you know what? I'm no good anymore. I, uh, people don't like me anymore. Nobody's talking to me. Nobody's coming to visit me. Um, That's a joke because it's COVID. Um, but these thoughts come, you start to think nobody's reaching out to me. Nobody's texting me. I'm not getting phone calls and you can feel like you're not loved, valued or accepted. And those thoughts don't come from the real you. Those are uh, coming to you. Yeah, thanks, uh, uh, Terrell. It's by things, beautiful things by Gundor. Uh, really good song. Look it up on YouTube, folks. Amazing. Gundor is uh, G-U-N-G-O-R. But our thoughts that come into our head, we don't always choose. If you're getting into an argument with a loved one or a friend or somebody, they're planting thoughts in your head and suddenly you're reacting to those. Remember. You get to choose what you dwell on, not every thought that pops in. And that's why it says take every thought captive. All right. Second Corinthians 10, five um, says this, every lofty idea and argument positioned against the knowledge of God is cast down and exposed to a mere invention of our own imagination. We arrest every thought that could possibly trigger an opposing threat to our redeeming identity and innocence as spear point. This is a very full verse. Okay. The way he writes in the mirror, it's not, it's not fluffy, simple. This is every word he's saying here is important. He says, take every thought cap, arrest everything that could, could become a trigger. In the message translation, it says, we use our powerful God tools. I love that for smashing warped philosophies, tearing down barriers erected against the truth of God, fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into the structure of life shaped by Christ. I think I have another translation. I hope I do. Yes, I do. Uh, this is from the Passion Translation. We can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. We capture like prisoners of war, every thought that in, and insist that it bow in obedience to the anointed one. Oh, oh my goodness. Our thought life is not to be a flood of thoughts uncontrolled, but rather a stream flowing with controlled banks flowing from the life of Christ in us. If you focus your attention, you may easily see the difference and then participate with the source in you. Recognize that 
our minds aren't just for eh, taking, I'm just going by how I feel. And do, do you ever hear people do that? Say, well, I'm just telling you how I feel. I'm just being honest about how I feel. Well, sometimes whoever does that as a long pattern are dangerous people. Uh, challenge them to re-script their words because your feelings cannot always be trusted. On, on the flip side, sometimes our feelings jump in to protect us when we're in danger uh, and override our thinking, okay? But the other ways is what we're most used to. If you allow your feelings to guide you and guard you, you're in trouble because your feelings are merely responders to what you're thinking about. You cannot trust your feelings fully. How does that work when it comes to trusting your gut or trusting the spirit of Christ in you? Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal the difference, to show you, okay, that's what trusting my feelings is, but you're telling me this. Oh, I can hear the difference here. This is beautiful, folks. Let's take a look at a couple of things. Uh, David, for one, here's how King David did it. In Psalm 139, 23 and 24, he says this, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. Ah, did you hear that? He's being honest. He's saying, I have anxious thoughts. And see if there be any hurtful way in me and lead me in the everlasting way. Did you know that even Paul, the Apostle Paul, had super anxious thoughts? He was at wit's end, at his end. You know, ah, it's, I can't do anymore. And, and yet, you know, so it's, it's listen, folks, it's not, a sin to be anxious. It's not a sin to experience stress. It's human. But we have tools that we've been given to work through and manage our thoughts and stress. And if, you're, if you have ears to hear and eyes to see, you'll see the help. If you're not looking for it, you will not see it. And some of you are going to hear this and go, well, it's just the way I am. Well, guess what? It's not the way you are. Nice try because I know the way you are. How do you know the way I am? Well, I'm telling you because you're in union with the one I'm in union with. And we have the same DNA. And we've got every tool available to us. You are without excuse. So maybe we need to stop making excuses for all of our bad behavior patterns and thinking patterns. There's hope. Listen, I'm speaking to myself here. This is not, I'm not coming to you as one who's arrived. All right. What do we do when difficult thoughts flood our mind? We begin with a full awareness of Christ in you. This is from the place we do all these things. So this is a couple steps that are, that are uh, going to be helpful to you. One, let's say somebody comes up to you and says, you're a scum. You're no good at anything you do. You're worthless. Go away. Well, that's a thought that's now been put into your mind. So let's, let's take that thought captive. Let's not just, oh, I am terrible. I am worthless. I'm no good. <laughs> and so you allow that thought to whirl around your head. Well, hang on. Turn on the sirens. Woo-woo. Um, and throw that thought in an interrogation room and take it captive. Arrest it. Say, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Now, is the, is the thought true? No. Okay. Then kick it out and renounce it. And call it out and say, this thought is wrong. I am a child of Christ. I have the mind of Christ. I am holy, rich, pure. I have humor in me because Christ is humorous. I have wisdom in me. And you start to make the list of the greatness of Christ in you. 
Um, my goodness, now you're affirming because here's what you do. You replace the lie with truth. Counter with what you know is true. I am the righteousness of Christ. I am forgiven. I am a good person. Do I always express it? No, but I am the real me is. And this is how you begin to kick out wrong thoughts. Affirm the truth verbally out loud. Yep, out loud. Because if we just do it with our thinking, um, there's more power to actually say it. And then you actually hear it again as you say it. And it starts to have these layers of affirmation. And we don't do enough of that at all. Uh, uh, we have a lot to learn about this. If you're still having trouble, then be still and allow the spirit of wisdom in you to guide you. It, it may not be a quick, quick throw in jail. Yep. And you have the whole process figured out in 10 seconds. Listen, if you've had a history of negative messages to your soul from your thoughts, um, it's not going to be a quick fix, but it is on the journey. You can begin to turn things around and you have the power to do it. And these steps are simple. Psalm 4610. This is what uh, Jennifer started her song with today. Be still and know that I am God. Okay. The key word here is be still. We're not good at being still. Another translation, New American Standard Bible says, cease striving and know that I am God. And the word cease there means to let go, to relax. Well, that's hard, but you can't do it without being still. Uh, the message translation says, step out of the traffic. I love that. Take a long, loving look at me, your high God. Huh. Step out of traffic. That means uh, step out of the pattern of busyness you're in. Listen, this one's for me. This translation right there, that, that, that's me. And there are times where I have to and I need to. I still need to and I don't do it enough. Um, and this, this last one, uh, Passion Translation, is for somebody. Surrender your anxiety. Be silent and stop your striving and you will see that I am God. And you will see. I love that. I think you put those two, the message and passion translation together. Um, it's saying, hey, you have to intentionally do this. Get out of traffic. You get out. Get out of your, your calendar for half an hour. Go fishing, right, Drew? Um, go somewhere. Find a nature spot. Find a closet. Close it if you have to, if you've got no way because you're surrounded with all noise and kids. Put a sign in the bathroom door. Busy. Do not disturb. <laughs> you know, whatever it takes, step out of it just for just a bit. And I love how the Passion Translation says, and you will see that I am God. All the other translations uh, don't say it like that. And I love this the best. Because in our busyness, we don't see that God is God. We think we're God because we're in the business of controlling things around us, including our circumstances and how we think. And here, this is the invitation because now you're anxious from trying to control everything. So we surrender the anxiousness, which is what David did in the psalm we just read. You know, uh, bring, uh, bring, you know show me, show in me what has to be surrendered. I think that is a gracious, awesome prayer for every one of us today. Say, God, can you just show me what I got to surrender? What, what pattern am I not seeing? What, what thinking pattern is going on? What behavioral patterns need to change that I'm not even aware of? What a, an awesome prayer. I hope you consider that. Here's a prayer uh, that I'd like to wrap up with today. This is, this is a, 
a, a prayer from, it's called a Trinitarian prayer. It goes like this, Abba Father, thank you for giving us your son and sending us your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, by whom we cry out, Abba Father, thank you for showing us Lord Jesus, for taking what is his and revealing it to us. Lord Jesus, who is the image of the invisible God, in whom all the fullness of divinity dwells in bodily form, and in whom we are made complete and become partakers of the divine nature. Thank you for showing us Abba, Father. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, lead us into all the eternal bliss of your divine fellowship. Amen. Uh, next week, we're going to continue with the last two things you can do, the next two actions that will enhance and help healthy thinking patterns. Um, this has been fun. Uh, this has been heavy, too. As, I'm, as I was teaching, I saw things for me personally, just a word here, a thought there. I'm going to go back to it later uh, uh, and revisit some of this uh, just to think about. Because I, I think today's message is likely one of the most crucial disciplines, if you want to call it that, that we fail to engage in as believers. Taking every thought captive. Guarding our thoughts. Um, the input, the pattern of input of news, of people. You have someone in your life who's such a negative person um, or you have someone in your life you're just trying to please wishing they would like you but they're they're not giving you what you need and they're exhausting you and you're you're spinning in circles trying to people please that person don't fight for that stop be still and recognize who you really are begin to love yourself as one who is complete in christ then you don't need, you should not be milking your needs from everyone else, you know, making your problems bigger than everyone else's. With good friends, of course, you share your stuff. But when you have the habit of being so self-focused because you need to be loved, you need to find your worth in Christ first. And that might mean some work. That might mean some studying, some learning, some, a whole lot of unlearning. <laughs> but today, this is enough for this week, this whole week. If you could take every day this week and say, Holy Spirit, Heavenly Father, Jesus, show me today what I need to surrender. Um, is there a bad thought in me? It, like this morning, I was thinking through some difficult situations. And Lord, how would I respond if I were to reconnect with that person? Or what would, what would have been a better way? You know, like all these thoughts were running through my head. And I realized I, I can't plan for what it might look like. Um, I need to trust Christ in me. And right now, this is about me and the Holy Spirit, Heavenly Father, Jesus in me, and my connection and listening to what his voice is. And if I'm too busy to hear the gentle whispers of his voice, and by the way, he can, he can be loud too. He can be pretty blunt. Um, I, I, that's what I need to do. I need to learn to have better ears. So.